Obviously, I've, I have not spoken to him. Um, you found out the same information that I found out at the same time that I, that I found it out. And I think that, for me, I kind of put football to the side. You know, I think that, to me, is an afterthought right now in, in, in concern with Telvin. And I really believe in my heart that, that Telvin knows that we're here, you know, to support him, you know, in any which way. Good morning and welcome in to Jags Drive Time. Brian Sexton, John Osier, Ashlyn Sullivan. Um, the Jaguars don't know exactly, unless they've had a conversation with Telvin that we're not aware of, what's going on with linebacker Telvin Smith. We don't know, and uh, perhaps you would agree you don't know what's going on. Though, with every Instagram post that comes up, it gets a little bit wackier. So that's the top subject for today, despite the fact that we had rookie minicamp. The, um, the situation surrounding the Jaguars' second-team All-Pro from 2017 linebacker Telvin Smith, and it, uh, it leads off big things. Yeah, big thing one is Telvin Smith, and you mentioned with every Instagram post, it gets a little more confusing with each one. Take a look. Bro, why is it so crazy that I want to step? You feel me? Why is it so crazy I want to step from the step away from the game? Y'all just chill. Everything's solid. You feel me? Stop going crazy. It's getting aggravating. You feel me? Football ain't everything. I um I don't really feel him on this one, although I feel for him because mm-hmm. clearly he's at a point right now where he has to figure some things out. And if he's stepping away from football and a ten million dollar salary, there's a lot to figure out. Um it's I think it's the aggravating part that aggravated fans. Uh, and I've said this a couple of times, how fans react to this is clearly the secondary story. He's the primary story. Everybody hopes that if things aren't okay, which you assume they're not, that things turn out okay. But if the story is how people are going to respond to this and the reaction, the reaction initially was very positive mm-hmm. uh, and very supportive. My emails in the inbox were 95%, uh, hey, do what you need to do, get healthy. Um, this one on Saturday changed the tone of that clearly, of, you know what, we supported you, but there aren't really that many haters out there. No. No, I think most people want Before to give the benefit of the doubt. But with that post, and the more he posts things like that, I guess there's a couple things. The more you get a little more concerned because it seems... Edgier, like he's uh, getting yeah, further clearly out odder behavior. Yeah. But the less the fan base is going to be on his side. Again, the fan base on his side part is so secondary. But it feels like that's all we really have to talk about because we don't know what's really going on with him. Uh, and I just get more and more of a feeling, Brian, that uh, Telvin playing for the Jaguars is getting closer and closer to being past tense. I would agree with you. And I have to add, so I, I remember standing in the locker room last fall in um, November, no, December, 
after the, the Redskins game, I, I turned to you. Telvin came back into the locker room to do an interview, and he was wearing kind of a funky hoodie. And he was talking, and he was just – it wasn't the same Telvin that would say, would you hold on, please? I'm going to take a shower. Yeah, I'll come back. True. He'd put on a, a clean shirt, comb his hair, and do the interview, and you thought, wow, this guy is the epitome of what a professional is, how lucky they are to have a guy who can play and then who can represent like that. To where we are right now, I mean, again, here's the sad part about our business today. Social media, rumor, innuendo becomes, just throw it out there. What's yeah. the, we don't know. Mm-hmm. So you can say this, that, or the other thing, and it's unsubstantiated. We don't know. And the Jaguars apparently don't have a full base of knowledge on this one either. But this is not, it didn't just happen in the offseason. We started to see some of it late last season, erratic behavior from him. And until he comes out and says right. something, we won't know because this is not anything that the league or the team is going to announce. Yeah, one thing I've learned, Brian, and, and I'm sure you have too, in doing this for a long time, being around players for a long time, um, I have become, as I've gotten older, uh, less prone to try to make a snap judgment on something like this. Uh, 20 years ago, I covered R.J. Soward, uh, and I only bring him up because it was a strange situation that was an off-field where you're covering it every day and people are talking about it. Um, I've covered Justin Blackman, and I'm, I'm not putting what's going on with Telvin in those categories. In you terms can't. Of, I don't, don't know what it is. But it is a step away from the game off-field situation that uh, I just have gotten to the point where I don't want to judge it mm-hmm. because I don't know. And I know fans want to jump to that conclusion of what it might be. We don't know. Uh, but the, the one outlier here that you can't figure out that you will want an explanation for at some point is the non-communication with the team. Yes. Right. I don't care about the Instagram post. I mean, I say I don't care. From a team's perspective, they don't care about the Instagram post. No. Because that's not an official thing. Somebody asked me in the Ozone, well, why haven't they put him on the retired list or, the, or why haven't they put him on a reserve? Well, because from their official point of view, they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Because an he Instagram post, no from a technical point of view with the NFL and the Jaguars, He's right now no different than Jalen Ramsey in terms of he's just not here for OTA. There's no trigger mechanism to move on a roster move. But the mysterious thing is now if you're going through a problem, why not communicate with the team? That will be the point where I'm sure they will want an answer for that. It has to be satisfactory for him to move on with the franchise. Mm-hmm. Right. I heard well, uh, Tony Baselli on the radio talking about if I was Telvin Smith, I wouldn't be dancing around making Instagram posts if I'm about to give up 9 to $10 million. But the thing with me that is so serious is that he doesn't seem to care about the money at all, and that shows what a big problem is. It is that much money, yet he doesn't really seem to care about that. Well, if he's not listening, I'm sure that his agent is telling him what he should and shouldn't be doing in if terms he's of social media. With his agent. Well, that's the other thing. That's what you don't know. Who's you, he communicating with? That's the overriding know. issue, the communication. Right. You don't know who's talking to him, who he's listening to, because he's harming his earning potential. Not just this year if he sits out, but if the Jaguars trade him, if they cut him and he goes somewhere else at some point in time, his leverage is every team in the league is going to want to do a psych evaluation and find out where are you yeah. right now. He doesn't just walk in and get the contract and go. He's putting his earning potential at risk. So if he's not communicating with the Jaguars and just judging on the social media posts, he's not communicating with the agency, the PR people that could help him, 
It's probably not communicating with some family members, too, if you just want to extend it a little bit. He's kind of out there right now. And we just – you hope for the best for him because – Yeah, our, fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, because, again, before the midpoint of last season where this team wasn't doing well and he wasn't performing like he always had, um, he was one of those go-to guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, he you could count on for everything. Yep. Wish him the best, that's for sure. Yep. All right, big thing, too, is you don't know. The solution to the problem if Telvin Smith cannot play next year is Quincy Williams. A lot of us did not know who this guy was before rookie minicamp, including national media. He wasn't even invited to the combine. And if you heard Daniel Jeremiah very vulnerably, very candidly at the draft said, I graded and did film work on 400 different players this person's name didn't come across my desk. This is a fascinating story. Goes that he was taken round? in the third round, not the seventh round, not undrafted. This is Quinnen's older brother. He plays linebacker, Quincy. Third round, he's playing, Trey. Oh, they, I'm a third rounder. Fan. Third round, Nate. Quinnen's older brother. All right, let me tell you something. Here's the quote I love. Mitch Stewart is his head coach at Murray State. He says. He tries to bend your face mask every time he gets on the field. I've never seen him ever get knocked back on contact. It doesn't matter what programs we ever face. I've never seen that kid get knocked backwards. He's always going forward. So I've done this a long time, like you, John. And when they drafted him at number 98 overall, the alarm bells went off surrounding Telvin Smith. Mm -hmm. That was when I said something's up. Because you don't move on a third-round linebacker from Murray State. And this, let's be honest, this was really their fourth-round pick. That's how they viewed it. Right. Uh, you know, number 98 at the bottom of the round that they got from the Rams. And they said that they didn't have a fourth-round pick. So They knew he wasn't going to be there in round five. Right. So, so this was their yeah. fourth-round pick. But you don't move on a guy that you, you know, you, that you don't move on a guy if you don't expect him to contribute. And I don't know that it's fair to suggest that he's going to be the starter on opening day. But, you know, Talvin started nine games as a rookie and had more than 100 tackles. He had uh, two sacks and interception against Cleveland here that was a a game-altering interception. And he also had a couple of forced fumbles. So he worked his way into the starting lineup. And if they're spending the 98th pick on a linebacker, it's this one. So I go back to the, the famous Jim Moore quote, you think you know, but you don't. And everybody says, what are the Jaguars doing here? They didn't know. The Jaguars knew something was up with Telvin Smith. How much they know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they knew something was going, and they didn't want to let this guy slide because they see him as the replacement. Well, I think they knew um, a couple of things. At at the bare minimum, and uh, the contract situation with Telvin is something else we'll have to get into at some point right. because if he doesn't play, the contract situation in terms of the cap changes. But at, at the time they drafted, I do believe that they were looking at it like bare minimum he's going to play one more year here and then at some point we're going to have to address it with the salary cap i don't think telvin was going to be back in 2020 under that scenario unless he outperformed what he did at the end of last season but i think they were preparing when they drafted quincy for 2020 but with the worst case idea of well we'll see what happens because clearly the following week when they signed the 14 linebackers oh yeah then they knew. It, 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 at that point, it's okay. We need to get some bodies in here and figure out what we're going to do. I'd be surprised if he starts, but I think by end of season, what they would want would be uh, Josh Allen to have uh, come along enough to start in base on strong side, Miles in the middle, and Quincy on the weak side. But the fascinating thing is, Miles is so versatile, 
and you have Jake Ryan coming in and Josh Allen so versatile that I don't think you're going to know the starters until training camp because there's so many moving parts. The good news, they have options. The bad news, they don't know. You know, no one was really sure what Telvin Smith was going to bring. If you go back to 2014, he was a 218-pound, and that was probably an exaggeration. A 218-pound undersized linebacker drafted in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. Might have been a third rounder had he not had a positive drug test at the combine. Uh, So kind of the same scenario here. I would say by midseason, this kid will have a significant role on the defense. Maybe not an every-down player, but watching him run and hit, he can do that just like Telvin did. The question is his instincts. We'll find out. I found out so much about this guy doing rookie minicamp interviews. I was sitting with him, and he's an Olympic swimmer. That was his first love. PR major in college, very personable, wanted to work in sales if he didn't very bright kid. work in football. And also he said, if culinary school had a football team, I would have gone and played there. Sure. Like him even more. Yeah. Got a lot of interest. Yeah. It's interesting. Don't you think, John? I do. I, so, I failed out of the, 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 the summation of this argument is only that the Jaguars knew what they were doing at 98, even if the rest of the league thought mm-hmm. they're off their rocker. What are they doing picking? But that is a reminder to us all, you don't know their board, you don't know their roster like they do, or the issues that they know, and the moves that they make aren't always just, it, it, that was seen as a grasp, what are they right. doing? Yeah. And it turns out that was not what they were doing. And I think the, the, interesting, thing, the interesting about the linebacker core, I had some emails saying, oh, we're, uh, we've gone from one of the best linebacking cores uh, to one of the worst. Um, I don't think that's necessarily true. A couple things to bear in mind, the way Telvin was playing at the end of last year, I don't necessarily think they're worse without. Uh, they lack a, maybe a few big plays, but the end of last year, he was not nearly what he had been in 2017. Oh. And that doesn't mean you're better without him, but he had to play a lot better than he had at the end of last year. Well, Also, they, with Jake Ryan and Josh Allen and Quincy Williams, things could be a lot worse losing Telvin Smith. Jake Ryan was going to start for the Packers if he hadn't gotten hurt last year. Josh Allen's capable of playing that strong side, and Miles Jack is really good. If, it, it's not like the cupboards bare there. They're not in disaster mode yet. Just the last thought on Telvin, uh, the player last year. They won two games late in the season, one against the Colts, and he had a key play where he forced a fumble that Miles Jack recovered to stop what would have been the scoring drive. And remember, had the Colts scored a touchdown, they kicked the extra point. That's enough to win the game because mm-hmm. uh, the Jaguars' offense only mustered. So that was a huge play. And then he had the pick six in Miami, which helped spark the win. Um, so he did make game-changing plays, but he wasn't stout against the run. He injured the shoulder. Mm-hmm. He clearly didn't want to engage with that shoulder later in the year. Mm-hmm. He, to me, he looked like he weighed 200 pounds. I mean, he was thin. Yeah. So I get where you're saying on this one is, is that the Jaguars with a 240-pounder, if that's what Quincy Williams weighs, just say 230, um, and what Jake Ryan is, they'll be fine at linebacker. I'm not saying they're not going to miss him because there's an impact. He, right. But it, it, it needs – what they'll miss is the, is the all-pro level of Telvin Smith. Right. Uh, but you didn't get that last year. Yeah, and that's really where the, you know, the conflict is, I guess. Mm-hmm. You got it. All right, big thing three is pro qualities after rookie minicamp. We saw that in the first two picks already. Juwan Taylor speaks highly of his rookie minicamp roommate. I mean, Josh was the best I went against, so, you know, he made me better. And, uh, you know, now I'm happy to be teammates with him. We get to get each other better every single day. So, you know, I'm happy to have Josh here. 
So Juwan Taylor said that he was asked at the Combine interview and Josh Allen was asked the same thing. Who's the best offensive lineman or defensive lineman you went up against in college? And they both said each other at the Combine. Well, I stood next to these guys in Nashville before the draft. I did not have any idea that Josh Allen would be there. So mm-hmm. I just looked at him as, you know, that's a prototypical pass rusher, mm-hmm. 6'5". I mean, you guys saw him this weekend. You know, 265 pounds, the arms, the hands. Um, he's, wow, look at that guy. That's what stands apart. And then I, I stood next to Juwan Taylor with that wide frame and the huge, massive hands and thought, yeah, yeah, you, the Jaguars would be better if they had this guy at right tackle. And then they ended up with both of them. Um, that's the difference in the first round, in the first two rounds, is that you get these guys who have the size to go with all of the other athletic or uh, off-the-field attributes. And you want to talk about pro qualities now. Both of those guys look and play like professional football players. Yeah, there's nothing physically that will hold these guys back. No. You, you know, you never know. Well, you look at, at, draft, at Williams but... and you say, Quincy Williams, and you say, okay, well, he's not as tall, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> there's nothing physically about these right. two guys that you say, well, he, a he lacks this yeah. or that. Yeah, Juwan Taylor, uh, Jonah Williams, the knock was, and I, that's a kid from Alabama. Dude, I stood next to him. I, I can go right where you're going. Yeah, you just looked at him and, and thought, boy, is he big enough to play right tackle? Is that is that no, a right tackle in the NFL? And, I didn't think so. And you wondered. With Juwan Taylor, when you stand next to him, you think, okay, this guy's a right tackle. Let's see if he can play. Mm-hmm. I stood next to Jonah Williams, and I thought A.J. can. Right. And I and A.J. is a guard, right? And I get it. Jonah Williams is a highly accomplished offensive tackle in the Southeastern Conference, but this is the NFL. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Juwan Taylor, you never questioned whether he'd be physically ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right. That'll do it. That loot, the whole show. No. <laughs> Lead us out of break. We come back, we're taking a look at the division, all four teams. When this is a sound of a crackling campfire on a cool evening, you can sit back and relax. But when it's the sound of your counters and cabinets smoking and smoldering following a house fire that's affected your entire kitchen, you need to pick up the phone and call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. Only the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServePro can help make fire and water damage like it never even happened. So make the call to 1-800-SERVE-PRO when fire damage strikes. Franchises are independently owned and operated. You're invited to Super Bowl 54 for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience with NFL On Location. Next February in Miami, you'll meet NFL alumni, enjoy exciting pregame parties, watch the action from the 50-yard line, and celebrate on the field after the game. For easy, one-stop planning and access to hotels and travel, let NFL On Location plan your ultimate Super Bowl experience. Secure your official access and the best seats at Hard Rock Stadium today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better... Join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. All right, rolling through a Tuesday morning, Jags drive time. Ryan, Ashlyn, John with you. Uh, And we're at that time of the year 
where it's about lists and it's about opinions. So I thought we'd look at the division today. Ashlyn and I were kind of chatting about it yesterday morning. Um, why don't we start with quarterback? Just how do you rank the quarterbacks in the AFC South today? I mean, I, clearly Andrew Luck is number one, right? Um, but then you, you're talking about Nick Foles, who has, over the last two years, been a Super Bowl MVP. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, is thought of as a highly attractive young quarterback, got his team to the playoffs last year. Marcus Mariota's in one of those pivotal moments, kind of like Jameis Winston is in Tampa. Mm -hmm. The first two picks of the draft overall in 2015, you know, they're kind of fighting for their lives. Is Nick Foles number two, or do you go with a Watson number two because he's younger and he's got those legs? Well, I think people would be shocked. I'd put it like this. People would be shocked if at the end of the year, luck is still not number one. Um, I think people would maybe be a little surprised if Mariota's anywhere but number four, but not as extreme down as like Mariota's right there. You wouldn't be shocked if he ended up. I don't think people really know Foles or Watson mm -hmm. who would be. And Which is interesting that you say you don't know Foles because the Jaguars paid him $100 million bucks. We right? don't know how he's going to be with you, the new team. Yeah, true. That's a different – yeah, that sort of change. That's the question. Was Foles closer to Luck, or is he in the middle of the pack the there pack, with yeah. Watson and, and uh, Mariota? Um, well, I think people nationally, I think most people nationally would probably put Watson over Foles because there's a uh, there's a buzz about Watson still left over from the draft. I'm not quite as big on Watson as a lot of national people. I think he's really, really good. I think there are still questions about how much he leans on DeAndre Hopkins. What would he be without De uh, DeAndre Hopkins? I think that's still a little bit there, but he's in the top 15. Uh, and I would I, I would say by the end of the year, we'll know uh, uh, whether he or Foles are better. I would say right now it's probably a toss-up. I'll go with Foles. I, you know, based on his body of work the last two years and what he was able to do. Now, the, the counter to that is obviously they had terrific weapons. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what he's got here, what he's working with. But um, body of work? I'll go with Foles to Watson, close third. And you have to factor in the offensive line that Watson had last year as well, running for his life a lot and, of times. And you wonder how good it's going to be this year. Right. But looking at those four quarterbacks, I remember when we were talking before the draft and everyone was loving Josh Allen, but another pass rusher. When you look at those four quarterbacks, you see why you need that in the AFC South. Yeah. All right, let's look, speaking of pass rushers, at the pass rushers, defensive line of the AFC South. It's a toss-up here between the Jaguars and the Texans, you got to think. Well, I think it's an interesting one at the very least because the situation with Jadavian Clowney is cloudy, right? He, he's going to be franchise tagged and has not reported, and you wonder when he will. But that Texans front has for so long been considered the best in the AFC but with J.J. Watt, who came back last year, and Clowney, and Whitney Merciless did not have a very good year last year. Um, compare that now with Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and without Fowler, now you plug in Allen. Uh, that, to me, is a toss-up. Yeah, I would still have to give the edge because it's a group that is... Because there's three veterans. I would think the slight edge, if you're looking at it, you know, from an objective point of view, would be the Texans. Only because there's three veterans and we haven't seen Josh Allen actually do it. Mm -hmm. Potential-wise, if Josh Allen's as good as we think he's going to be, then edge the Jaguars. But I just have a tough time. You know, is Allen better than Merciless right now? 
is Ngakwe, uh, Clowney. Okay, okay, call that a draw. Call the first two a draw. No. I don't know that Allen is better than uh, Merciless coming in until we see it. You know, you got me on the Clowney and Ngakwe thing because Clowney is so much more of a difficult matchup than Ngakwe. Ngakwe mm-hmm. is a uh, a speed rusher with a couple of moves. So I think you're right. You got to give the edge to the Texans there. Um, I'm not uh, Merciless to me was not a factor last year at all. Right. Um, and so I, I think that to me is more of a draw, but. If Clowney's on the field, they're number one mm-hmm. because Clowney is so physically overpowering and they move him around in so many different places because of his rare athleticism. Um, but and, and the other side of the coin is is that the best pass rusher, the best player that the Jaguars put out there is Calais Campbell, and he's 32. Mm-hmm. And at some point you start to wonder, well, will he be a half a step slower mm-hmm. than he was? Can he still perform at an all-pro level in his 11th NFL season? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, yes. Well, yeah, so the edge, you're right. The edge has to go to the Texans there. Yeah. The edge has to go to the Texans there. But, you know, the Jaguars' production has not been far behind over the well, last and, few years. And I think the Jaguars, because it wasn't as elite as we saw in 2017, I think the Jaguars have to take a small step up to get back to where they were. Now, it's, it's worth pointing out that the Colts went and signed Justin Houston. And. At times last year, Houston looked like he still had something in the mm-hmm. tank. They're going to move him indoors. He's going to play on turf. You know, that's made guys faster in the past and sure. given him that edge. So I think that the Colts pass rush, plus the kid that they drafted from TCU is supposed to be a track star. We'll see if he's got any pass rush moves. Um, and they're thinking this year will be a better year in Nashville uh, with the kid that they drafted from Boston College last year. His name escapes me. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Um, and Henry. Mm-hmm. Henry's his last name, and the, uh, the the veteran from Miami that they brought in, whose name is escaping me, also the kid from Penn State who played in television. Canada, who came down That's here. Yeah. Television. Well, I was hoping your your memory wouldn't fade you uh, fade on you also, but <laughs> all right, let's look it at yeah, wide receiver because that is something where the Jaguars are near the bottom of the totem pole. You see the difference between DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans, that strong number one receiver. D.D. Westbrook, yes, is that for the Jaguars, but that's that's a drop off. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking at the receivers, DeAndre Hopkins is clearly the best in this entire division. And, and I think Will Fuller's okay. Uh, but when you've got a guy like that on the other side, it, it certainly helps. So, so I'd put them at the top. I like what the Colts did. You know, they added the big guy from Carolina. Can't remember his name either. Uh, but they, they signed uh, the kid from Ohio State, Paris mm-hmm. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Tennessee has spent some draft capital. They brought in A.J. Neal. Or, sorry, not A.J. Neal. A.J. Brown from... Um, from Ole Miss. A big deal for uh, Tennessee. They've been talking about Corey Davis being a lead. They took him in the top five. And he made plays last year. He, if he develops into what they think, which is a top five receiver, which means you're, I mean, top five pick, which means you're a top 10 overall receiver, then they're very dangerous. Um, clearly, from a national perspective, and until they show it, the Jaguars are fourth here. Uh, again, we've talked about. They believe in their guys more strongly than observers do. Uh, it will be a huge tell. Uh, if if they're as good a receiver as they think they are, they'll be much better than people think they're going to be. True. But but I think when you look at it just on paper, they're, they're fourth. Right, they're fourth. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's wrap it up with the secondary. Obviously, corner is very talented for the Jaguars, but without Tashawn Gibson, who's now with the Texans, the safeties are kind of a toss-up when you have Ronnie Harrison starting. So what do you guys think about the secondary to wrap up the AFC South? Um, I'm sorry, I thought Brian was going to go. Um, 
Well, the Jaguars secondary should be the best out of this bunch, purely dependent on are the safeties as good as they believe they are. They think that Harrison's good. Uh, the Nichols of the Jaguars, Hayden, Ramsey, and Boye, should be the best trio of Nick or uh, the best trio of corners in the league. That's what they're built on the ability to stop the receivers and let the pass rush get home. So the Jaguars should be the best. I think it's just a matter of how Harrison and uh, Jared Wilson play. Well, and I think that the, the, the counter, the, the, the next best, is that group that they've assembled over in, in Houston, bringing mm-hmm. in, you know, they brought Gibson in. And mm-hmm. the year before, they, they um, I, I can't remember a name, a damn name to save my life today. Why can't I, I, it's okay. The, the kid from here. The nickel year two years ago. Oh, Aaron Colvin. Yeah. So they brought. I those. thought you were talking about safeties. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm just. I've gone on to corners. Uh, they've brought. You know, they've they've picked some pieces together. Uh, Bradley Roby, I can remember that came in from Denver, and um, I think I think they're going to have a their group because of their pass rush. Right. Doesn't have to be as elite as many in the league do. Mm-hmm. Um, although Aaron Colvin and Deshaun Gibson certainly give them an upgrade, and Roby does too. When you've got guys like Clowney and Watt coming off the edge and causing havoc, uh, it makes them that much better. Colvin was a big mystery to them uh, last year. He fell off at the end of last year and uh, was not active, which was a surprise to them because they thought he would be a major force. So I'll be interested to see how Aaron does over there this year. I went back and and was looking for names. Uh, Cam Wake and Harold Landry are the two pass rushers in Tennessee. Ah, We're figuring it out now. Well, and... With Wake, the question is, can he still be what he had been earlier? He's had Achilles, and he was very good for Miami last year, even at advanced age. But uh, Harold Landry is supposed to be a guy who steps up. It's going to be an interesting division race this year because I don't think you can put your finger. I I think it's easy for the national folks to put their finger on the Colts, Mm -hmm. but then when you look deeper, you see that the Jaguars should have beaten the Colts twice, and they were in last place in the division. Right. Right. If it wasn't for a fumble by Rashad Green at the twenty-one yard line. They at least sent it to overtime, and then they shut him out here with the first time in, in um, Andrew Luck's career. So the division is a whole lot closer than people think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's the one division in the NFL that you wouldn't be surprised if, anyone if, if any of the four teams won. And I think perhaps because the Jaguars were 5-11 and 11 last year, it's not perceived that way nationally. I think people within the division look at it and say this is going to be tight. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. When we come back, Ozone Snapshot here on Jags Drive Time. When you hear Think Duval Motor Company A proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars Since 1916 Duval Motor Company has proudly served Northeast Florida Offering the latest products and services With hometown hospitality Visit Duval Ford and Duval Honda On Cassett Avenue Duval Acura on Atlantic Boulevard and Subaru of Gainesville to learn more. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget. 
that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. I've been doing this for 20 years, but success doesn't happen in a vacuum. Thank you for helping me move this thing along. You helped me get this thing going in the early days by telling 20 of your closest friends about Tito's. They told 20 more, and it kept growing from there. We wouldn't be where we are today without your support. Thank you very much. Go to titosvodka.com and pick up some Tito's gear. All proceeds benefit our charity partners. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. The Ozone. Welcome back to Jags Drive Time. It is t- time for Ozone Snapshot. And as you can imagine, it's been a, an exciting bunch of emails, I'm sure, this week. Well, it's been all Telvin all the time, as, as you would expect. And, uh, well, we'll get to the first email, Mark. which will make the point. Mark is heated from Jacksonville. Y'all just chill. Everything is solid. You feel me? Stop going crazy. It's getting aggravating. You feel me? Football ain't everything. Y'all better wake up. Yeah, you know what, Telvin? I don't feel you, bro. Well, I actually don't okay. feel you I, at all. And that's the tone of it. I don't feel you. And as we talked about at the top of the show, with the Instagram post on Saturday, he lost a lot of the empathy, the understanding, because it felt to the fans, I think, like he was aggravated with their frustration. They're going to support, but there's also going to be an underlying of, of, of don't strike out at us uh, because we're emotional over this. So, again, I can't emphasize enough that the fan reaction to this is not the main story, but it's the story we have to talk about because we don't know what's going on with Talvin. Um, I would think right now the more Instagram posts along the line of Saturday uh, – the more frustrated people will become with Calvin. I think he should listen to, if he's listening to us, listen to your agent and PR people who are probably going to tell you to put the social media away. The best it thing he could do is delete his Instagram. It, it, it cannot help you. But what you know, I mean, and I guess that's what's, when you cut through that, that's what's concerning and that's what you wonder about and that's what you think might be the case of maybe he's not reachable on that level. Right. I mean, if he's going through a tough time, then perhaps he's not listening on that, and that's what we're seeing. And so, right now. again, yeah. if that's the case, then you just hope for the best and hope. Again, I want to use a I want to use a say get help, but y- you hope it turns for him mm-hmm. and focus on him and not social media. All right, this intro gets me. Sup, dork? Now that Josh Allen knows where his locker is, what are the chances he plays strong side linebacker on first and second down and rushes the passer on third downs? Yeah, I didn't know my wife was uh, writing. Sup, <laughs> dork? So that's uh, um, I was a little thrown by the intro, a little, a little ticked off to be honest, Brian. Um, and yet you sent it to me. Yeah, it, uh, I don't think that that's how they're going to start it. Uh, they made clear last week they want Josh Allen and. This is their organizational philosophy. When they bring in versatile rookies and versatile players, they want them to be good at one thing first. I think people tend to forget that it's not Madden. And that just because a guy has a 95 on Madden and can play linebacker and defensive end, there's still a little bit of a learning process as you get into the NFL. Uh, you don't want to overload. Uh, they did it with Denard a few years back, if you remember. You know, the uh, the weapon thing where he was playing 19 different positions and he wasn't good at any of them until he finally focused on one and then he was okay. 
Uh, I don't think they want to repeat that mistake with players. By the end of the season, if Josh Allen is an absolute monster rushing the passer, or he's at least got what they want him to know, I think you could see it at strong side. I don't think that's the initial move. The interesting component here is the addition of Dom Capers to mm -hmm. the defensive staff. And Dom, for those of you who don't know, the inventor, the creator of Blitzburg, which became the zone blitz, which all of a sudden became popular in every sense around the National Football League, um, dropping guys into coverage and yep. doing things with guys that generally did one thing really well, either rush the packer, passer, or play linebacker. So I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't a wrinkle for mm -hmm. him in some way, shape, or form. But I, I got the strong sense that he's going to be a pass rusher right. because going forward is what he does best. That's what you drafted him for. Yep. And, and, again, people – a lot of me from people saying, why don't the Jaguars do the wrinkles that the Patriots do? Or, you know, well, why don't they you know, try trickery on defense and LS schemes? Tricky schemes aren't always the answer. There are many, many teams that don't do it. There are some coordinators that like to do it. Wade Phillips loves to do it. Bill Belichick loves to do it. Those are great defensive coaches. But there are also many great defensive coaches who believe in let's let our guys play fast and know what they're doing. I expect the Jaguars to continue leaning that way, but the Dom Capers yep. element should bring a wrinkle of at least some new wrinkles as it will they'll have a package for him that includes yeah. some things but for the most part going forward is is why you drafted him mm -hmm. all right let's wrap it up with adam from jacksonville would i be too far out on a limb if i thought that miles jack will play better at weak side linebacker than telvin well i don't think you're very far out in that i think miles could clearly do it and he could clearly do it at a high level i think there's a couple of things at play there miles jack's going into his fourth year He's already been – he had a rookie year where he played strong a little bit and then took over for uh, – Paul, post last name. Scuda, first year. Oh, right. Um, the second year, he changed positions. The third year, he went full-time. So he's already had three different kind of roles. Do you want to move him once more, and do you want to shake up – moving miles would mean moving miles – and then you would have a new middle linebacker, and then you would have maybe a new strong side linebacker. Do you want to change everything or just change one thing over on the weak side? So I think Miles could do it. I don't know if that's necessarily the move they'll want to make for continuity's sake and for Miles' sake. Well, to answer his question, you know, could Miles be a better weak side linebacker against the run for sure? Sure. Uh, and he has good instincts for the ball. But what set Telvin apart was he had that rare sense of being in the right place at the mm -hmm. right time. Yeah, and I think Miles has a little bit of that. And no, he does. He's I do think up a couple if he was freed up to play before. weak, uh, I think you would maybe see more of that you know, freedom come out. He has more bulk and more strength at the point of attack, so he might be better right. in, the, in that than Telvin. That's what's run. so intriguing. There's so many questions you get at linebacker where they all sort of make sense. You know, hey, would you move Jake Ryan here? Uh, would you play Josh Allen over here? Could you move Miles? They all make sense because they all – that versatility i don't expect them to tell us what they're doing uh a because why would they and b i don't know that you necessarily know exactly what they're going to do the jake ryan thing is intriguing to me because he's got some versatility he gives them some flexibility but with the acl mm -hmm. you may not see him on the field or in otas so you don't get him on in training camp so will that limit what they can do with him and you know 
lost in all this seemingly is Leon Jacobs is the strong side backer in his growth. People remember the, the long touchdown run in Nashville and, and him trying to get Henry down and unable to do it, and they, go well. they dismiss him. Um, but he had moments last year where he flashed as a mm-hmm. guy who mm-hmm. had all kinds of developmental ability. So, you know, he could set in on the strong side over there, and you could pop Jake Ryan in the middle if that's what he does and move miles around. They do have some, some flexibility, some options, especially if Quincy Williams can find a role for himself. We'll see. With how many guys they brought in, they definitely have options, yes, that's for sure. Whether they're good options, we'll find out. All right, when we come back, top tweets. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. You're invited to Super Bowl 54 for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience with NFL On Location. Next February in Miami, you'll meet NFL alumni, enjoy exciting pregame parties, watch the action from the 50-yard line, and celebrate on the field after the game. For easy, one-stop planning and access to hotels and travel, let NFL On Location plan your ultimate Super Bowl experience. Secure your official access and the best seats at Hard Rock Stadium today. Visit NFLOnLocation.com. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. All right. Let's start off top tweets with a guy who has definitely stepped up the past few weeks. That's Jaguars wide receiver D.D. Westbrook. Spent Mother's Day at the hospital. Couldn't spend Mother's Day with his own mom. So he went and bought flowers, filled up his entire trunk with a bouquet of roses and delivered it to new moms who had just delivered babies on Mother's Day. Nice touch. That's cool. Not only that, went to Salvation Army last week, served food and brought a barber to give free haircuts. Also went to London and participated in a middle school flag football tournament. You know, he's really grown up. From his rookie season, you know, he came in with some baggage, and he was a bit of a pain in the butt as a rookie for a lot of folks. But last year, he exploded, and this year, obviously, he gets it. Coming into year three now, he's he's ready to be a leader. I never had a problem with D. Maybe that was a you thing. Yeah. Maybe it was just you. <laughs> Maybe. No, he uh, uh, clearly works at it, uh, clearly wants to be good. And uh, this is a big year for him because mm-hmm. they believe that he's going to have a breakout season. Put it this way. When you would go to talk to him, as a rookie, he kind of had a sneer on his face. Last year, he sort of accepted the fact mm-hmm. that he was going to have to talk. Especially after Marquise Lee went down. He mm-hmm. realized that this he is took now over. my time. He was willing to do it. Mm-hmm. He was willing to do it. So we'll see how he grows in the locker room. Because clearly off the field, he's become a leader. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to Mike Kay, a reporter for the Philadelphia Eagles, who took a picture of the locker room. Eagles left tackle Jason Peters has a framed jersey from Unique Ngakwe at his locker. Seems like a pretty killer endorsement by a legend. So just sitting there. 
the we're start. Using, we're using killer again? What's wrong with like killer? That was like... That was cool in the 80s, right? You say killer, Ashlyn? Uh, not a lot, but I'll read it off a tweet. Like back when I was in high school, everything, everything was killer, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't put yeah, it. I definitely don't phrase it. Right. Like I wouldn't. That. I wouldn't put it past Unique to send it to him before the Jags played the Eagles in London. Kind of a here's what you got to get used to, boy. You might as well hang this on your wall. No, it it does show you uh, the respect that Unique has around you the league. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding about the killer, dude. But yeah. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up with something we saw in Good Morning Football this morning. There was a segment about what team will turn heads in 2019. Peter Schrager picked the Jaguars. Mayor of Jacksville, Lenny Curry. I'm in the other room getting ready, and Molly, his daughter, is going, Lenny, Peter has a Jags hat on. And not just a Jags hat. He had the uh, the draft hat, which was sort of a uh, takeoff of the city flag, right? Mm-hmm. I like the draft hat. I did, too. I, did too. I thought Thanks. they did well this year. Yeah, really did. It was bright. I like bright things. No. Moral of the story is... That's your disposition. Right. Bright sun. Yes. It is. They didn't say that they'd be good. They said they would definitely turn heads and there would be storylines to follow. Well, and that's... He pointed to the drama. I heard it too. You know, he pointed to the Telvin drama. He pointed to the addition of Nick Foles and what that does. There are lots of things to talk about when it comes to the Jaguars. And by the way, there are enough players in here who will tell you what to talk about. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Yannick Ngakwe come to mind. Uh, Leonard Fournette is another storyline. So Uh um, I think it's a fair expression to say that the Jaguars are a bit of a mystery. um, And it will bear watching all season long. It is. And here's the last thing on Talvin. I said earlier that it's not that he's not going to be missed. But there there are many, many, many other positions right now. Where if they were losing a guy, I would be more concerned. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's look, it's a game of replacement, and you talked right. about the contract earlier. And we next couple linebackers of years, a spot you're supposed to be able to replace. That's absolutely. not a core vital. Oh my goodness, position. And he's nine seven five this year, and ten five next year, and eleven the year after. He's long term money out on the cap for them. Mm-hmm. So you're right. They wouldn't be able to keep going forward with the weak side linebacker playing at that big number. So his long-term future in Jacksonville was going to be a question mark based mm-hmm. on the contract that he had signed. And by the way, he also restructured it. Now, for the contract, it would have been a question this year. Yes, and they, he also restructured it, pushing money out. Mm-hmm. So it, it, his contract was one of those tricky ones they were going to have to look at. And him now not being a factor in that gives them some flexibility if he's not going to be here, which, again, he says we don't know for sure. Um, that flexibility is a bit of a bonus for a team that's up against it. Yeah, except that if it could come back next year. So it could troll forward, which, again, it's a topic for another day. Yeah. Moral of the story is we have a lot to talk about, and the Jaguars have an opportunity to turn heads. That's all we have for this week's Jaguars Drive Time. Stay tuned next week for the start of OTAs. The boys are back on the field.